And that feels like a, not a change in direction, but it's just another way to like put the layer, uh, like the digital layer on top of reality, which is what this is. And this is like an amazing form factor for it. And so for people far. listening, he's putting his iPhone up, right? You're right, right, right. This, this is like almost a, like you would think this is the perfect thing, like this like little slab. Um, but I think it feels like a departure because the form factor is clunky at the moment where you think it's, it feels more intrusive is, as well like it's, yeah, it's a yeah, this barrier is not, it's not just something in your pocket it's literally over your eyes the most yeah the gateway to the soul i've heard it called you know so, <laughs> but yeah you know, you so yeah, it yeah. is a little bit they're um, not gonna i don't think they're gonna fail over a long period of time long on period this. of time I just, yeah i don't think I so agree. um all right, welcome to another episode of No Investment Advice. You got Jack Butcher and Bilal Zaidi here today. Trung is unfortunately not here. He's in Athens doing his history professor fan antics. And uh, I just saw him in, in London a few days ago, Jack. I hope you won't mind me saying that. People be tracking him down on the streets nowadays. He's on his school trip. Exactly. He's on his school trip, taking his kid around. I mean, that is a pretty sick trip for a... Uh, how old is his kid? Four, maybe? A, Five, I think, five or six. Five, yeah, but yeah. that is a sick trip. London, Athens. He's Where getting else are you going? Is that I it? think it was those two. I'm not sure. Uh, I think cool. it's those two, yeah. Um, maybe there's another one I've forgotten. But yeah, I did see Trunk last week, man. Absolutely smashed it. We, we, I, I'm in London at the moment, as you can tell from my handheld and uh, the curtains behind me. But yeah, Trung and I finally got... We, we, I wasn't sure if we were going to see each other and I just snuck out like 9 p.m., and he was on dad mode, like sinking four drinks before I could even have one. You know what I mean? So uh, just a trunk special, shouting in rip. the restaurant vibe. You know, yeah. <laughs> everything you'd expect for a meet. I would trunk it out. All jokes aside, he was he was on good form, man. Oh, uh, uh, Jack, what's going on your side, mate? Since last time you you finished the Christie's auction, yeah? Been a while, mate. Yeah, uh, yeah. Christie's done. Uh, we did three pieces of Christie's and a hundred and. 26 pieces by ourselves the week after that's wait so wait, that, wait wait you did three and 126 is that it was so that by purpose pieces. just for contrast or what yeah 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 so there's three pieces from 152 piece collection that sold at christie's and then jalil shout out jalil built the auction infrastructure for selling the rest of them um ourselves and the physical components i'm going back to la to hand finish all the physical prints in the next couple of weeks so man it was good it was good we did uh, a couple of days in new york just missed you but did a couple of events met up with a bunch of people uh, a few nia listeners dropped into a couple oh, of those sick. uh events we did panel anyone, at christie's who'd you meet man do you remember anyone um, i've spoken to on there you might not i'm remember terrible everyone. with names there was yeah, someone yeah, yeah, yeah. i met Sorry, at so house <laughs> yeah no yeah, I, I feel I, yeah I feel that's bad. all good i don't remember anyone's name met a few people but the um yeah, we did something at Christie's and we did something at Soho House, met a bunch of people from NIA, VV, Amazing. like a lot of, that was a good time. And then- uh, It's a good crew in New York, man. Definitely. Mate, good people for sure, yeah. Um, Celia came with me for the Christie stuff, which was fun to get get back to New York. And yeah, man, just been back at it, back at it, head down for the last couple of weeks working and then- um, Actually, I'm going to be in New York again next week, so maybe we'll. Oh, I know oh, you're still in the UK, right? Yeah, I'll be in uh, in Portugal next week. But um, oh, nice. That's amazing, man. Well, congrats on that. We, me, and uh, I don't know if you heard the segment me and Trung did, but we tried to cover it. 
but we needed you obviously there to do the full thing. But I, I guess the question for me is going into it, this is the first time you've done this with Christie's, right? So, and something mm-hmm. of this scale in terms of like an established art institution like Christie's. Yeah. I, mean, I know you've done a bunch of different stuff, but they're like one of the most prestigious ones, if not the number one. So I'm curious going in what your expectations were like versus what it ended up being like, uh, that whole experience. It was good. They they were, uh, it was good working with them. They have uh, like a, it's called Christie's 3.0, which is like their uh, digital marketplace. So it was, it was good working with them. They're like a, just a, it's just a completely different environment. I think people are trying to understand this world and like the reason i think it was interesting for czech specifically is like that is the like stamp of verification in the fine art world a lot of times is like which gallery or which auction house or which like medium between you know artist and buyer authenticates the work so that was like for the story i thought that was pretty interesting to to do something with those guys and um yeah hopefully first of a few few things we do together there's uh yeah they put up um piece in the window on uh sixth but forty second street. I think that was cool. Mate, we'll that see is it sick. in person. But just incredible. F- I saw um Celia Drin. I couldn't put it together if it was like the day before. I didn't notice if it was like the day of or from a few weeks before that you retweeted. And it was maybe a picture I saw of you guys from the free um thing that you did oh, in yeah, the past yeah. that we've talked about in the pod. Like you did a free oh you actually paid to do a an art gallery thing for yourself and this is obviously with christie's it's very like the opposite end of the scale and uh yeah that was really cool to see man that's just like the contrast of the progression sort of thing it was fun man it was it's so weird though because everything is happens on the internet normally right so it's, it was like uh odd <laughs> out like fish out of water vibe a little bit yeah there. i could imagine yeah because yeah. it's you're, you're so internet native as well it's like everything you're doing is just so yeah, you're like moving fast pace and everything, but right. yeah, really cool to see that coming together, mate. Congrats on that. Hopefully, see more Thank of those you. in the future. So, congrats. And then, yeah, so for people listening who are wondering why we're not talking about Apple Vision Pro, we are going to talk about it. that's going to be most of the show. We just wanted to knock out a couple of these catch up topics first. Uh, I was also going to share, yeah, so I'm on this six week trip, uh, which has been amazing. I'm about to hit the halfway mark this week when I get to Lisbon. Uh, went to um, Mario. If anyone reads the journalist, uh, friend of the pod, friend of the show, uh, it was his wedding. So we went to the Malfi Coast, had a great time there. Absolutely incredible. Um, Berlin had unlimited shawamas there. That was a lot of fun. Oh, I went to uh, Berlin, nice. Yeah, went to Berlin for the weekend first. And then I've been in London for last week, did my birthday here, first time in 10 years. And you know, it was really fun as well. So it's been kind of a whirlwind for me. I'm just playing catch up with a lot of stuff. Um, and then we're going now to Lisbon and then uh, another wedding in Italy, North Italy this time. So kind of a crazy Euro trip, but been a lot of fun, man. Um, and uh, the last thing to mention is we're going to talk about the Apple stuff in a second, but Luton got promoted to the Premier League. I know we talk about sports once in a while here, but for people who don't follow, Luton is a tiny little team, right? Like I think there were four divisions down um like five years ago or something like that. And they've gone up every year. And I think maybe one year they were in the same division or something. They've getting to the Premier League now next season. And it's a crazy story here because they only have like 10,000 people that can go in the stadium. And you literally have to go, have you seen the picture? You have to go through like the staircase, take you past someone's garden 
and then you're in the away stand. So it's just not going to work for like Premier League. Um, That's class, level man. Yeah, thing, like but it's an incredible Chelsea story. playing away at Luton. Yeah, yeah like fine. Haaland from Man City. Can you imagine him taking that? <laughs> it's incredible. But yeah, so that's been kind of fun just to see. Uh, I saw the end of the season here after following it all all year. It was kind of fun to be here for a lot of the cultural stuff. Like FA Cup finals this weekend, I was here and the city was kind of locked down with traffic and stuff, but it was kind of fun to be here for that. Hey, um, the meritocracy, yeah. you love to see it in the, <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. British sports. Yeah, meritocracy, yeah, with Man City with their unlimited money, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, so... Hey, what, what's the Luton ownership situation? I don't have I don't, any idea. I don't actually know fully. I, I don't actually know. Um, they're not like owned by like Saudis or something like that. From right, my right, right. I could be completely off, but... They didn't buy but, a 50 million, 50 no, no, million they pounds. Did. I don't think they've done anything like that. But the one cool thing though is one player has literally been from that four divisions down and he's made it all the way up to the Premier League which is, is super sick. rare right like that if you're class, playing man. in the fourth division and you get to Premier League you're not normally the same level of player so it's kind of crazy I never thought the Leicester story would be topped but maybe maybe yeah, well, you saw Leicester just got relegated too which is insane too so after winning the Premier League seven years ago they now and winning the FA Cup they now just got relegated which is really sad I didn't even know man I'm not I'm not up on my football I didn't know they won the FA Cup I'm mental yeah I think they what won the FA Cup a couple of years ago maybe I can't remember which mental. year but um, yeah anyway for no, the non-football relegated. fans we were get on to the Apple stuff but yeah wanted to get that out there because it was kind of on the docket Jack what's going on with Apple Vision Pro man this is you know you're the brand guy here but obviously we're all into technology um, you've Mate. already started seeing the the thread boys who pivoted from crypto to AI to VR now. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah all yeah. jokes aside, what what did you think about the announcement so far? Well, I think it was like leaked or anticipated or you know presumed that they were going to announce some product in this vein. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be like Google Glass esque, you know, mm, yeah. like slick Apple, smaller massive yeah technological leap like a google glass level like product but it feels like way more way closer at least hardware wise to the stuff that's already in market the what you got behind you there yeah, yeah which i've which i've used two or three times honestly like the, yeah. like my take on it at a high level is just Apple software, OS, lock-in, connectivity, network effects, all of that stuff is like, you can't, there's no real comp between the any other VR device on the market in my mind and this because it's basically, it's like a way more attractive carrot to get you to put the thing on your head, right? It's like yeah. to get into the Apple ecosystem versus like the Google Play Store. No offense to that. No, it's of like, course. Yeah, it yeah. Is, it, that thing is like horrible to use, to be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of course, the the usability of it, the like, you you have trust that Apple will make it more slick in the experience, right? And it will be gonna... like the software would be better, the hardware is better. I think it's like what four K in each eye, which Insane. is like just net, probably you can't like differentiate between that and reality. Is pretty close when it's yeah, that close to yeah, your yeah, face, yeah. Uh, and. If anyone wants a proper breakdown of it, you should watch the MK BHD. The GOAT. Yeah. He's literally the GOAT for any sort of like tech yeah, reviews. Tech breakdown. Incredible, mate. Yeah. Well, I'll call out a couple of the things that you, you just mentioned a bunch of great ones there. So the, one of the things I I saw, they, they were using the phrase spatial computing, which is I thought 
probably people have used that before, but I thought that was interesting framing. They weren't mm-hmm. saying like the first headline wasn't VR, AR, whatever. They talked about spatial, which I thought was an interesting thing. We can talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like you said, it wasn't like a Google Glass thing. It's, it looks much more like an Oculus really in terms of form factor. But I thought what was interesting is it looks like the vision for it is really moving from, you know, initially more like a VR experience, but to more an AR augmented reality experience. So where, you know, you're already seeing the room and you're immersing yourself within the room. And it's really merging those two things together, which I feel like Oculus isn't really that, right? Oculus, you're just stuck in there pretty much. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Like if it's a little disorienting, they like you put the devices or you can see your um, controllers in there. And then I think when you're setting it up, you like see the room in this like really gritty, lo-fi, like it looks like a security camera type thing feeding into your eyes. Little GoPro vibe. Yeah. 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 And then you're lo- and then you're like trapped in it, which I think you fatigue from that really quickly too, is like after ten minutes it just like feels incredibly unnatural, at least to me. Yeah. Also think they like the spatial computing thing is interesting because they went like I would say the positioning of the meta questing is way more gaming, right? It's like go straight for like yeah. hardcore play users games. like playing those things. Yeah, it's yeah. like Wii style, like hyper novelty. I was talking to someone about this yesterday. The like the irony in the VR stuff, the VR gaming thing is like it's only really fun if other people are there. Like yeah, watching yeah, someone yeah. looking like a dickhead doing the boxing <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, like, that's, that's like funny. what makes yeah, it yeah, funny. Yeah. But like doing that on your own, you're kind of like, what am I doing? It's very, at least my experience of it is like setting that thing up and standing in a room. It just feels like a little dystopian. Yeah. I think they're going way more of the, yeah, infinite um, canvas. Like this stuff, the stuff that you would do on Apple devices is no longer confined to a rectangle screen. Yeah, exactly. Or TV. That's basically, I think that's a smart play by them, right? Obviously that, that just and they and the pro positioning too i think that's an intentional like that was a part of the brown the Max brownlee video where he's like this is for early adopters for people that were like you know chuck a bunch of cash on this thing and just like play yeah, with so it five hundred dollars for people that's the initial pricing i think and it'll come out next year uh the what line he used which i thought was a great summary said this is really for rich early adopters. It's like a toy for the rich or like I put in early adopters yeah. here and a developer's muse. I thought that was a nice way to summarize because if you're a developer, this does feel, I mean, for everyone, anyone who's interested in technology, this is a big deal. It's not like it's just an, a slight improvement to what's been out there. Yeah, It yeah, does yeah. feel like a much better experience already from the visuals and people like him who I, I, I do really trust his opinion and we can share the video. I think it's like a 20 minute video from MKBHD um, where he breaks it down and talks about him actually using it, not just looking at a demo sort of thing. Um, yeah. And and that was really interesting. Uh, the other thing he kind of mentioned is you, you said that one you've got behind you, you you have the controllers or something, right? You, you have yeah. something for your hands. This one I don't think has anything for the hands. It's controlled by uh, your eyes, your voice, and your hands. And he talks about like pinching or something like that. The camera was... on the exterior is watching your hand mo- motion. Yeah. Right? Incredible. And then the ones looking at you are looking at your eyes. And that he said was the closest. He's not normally the overhyping stuff. He's actually quite level headed about it. And he said that was the closest thing to he's seen to magic that he's seen in a long time where it was tracking your eyes. 
incredibly well where you're, you're kind of just controlling things, looking up um, at, at stuff. And I'm trying to think when I've done this in the past using a VR headset, how do we do it? I guess you kind of move your head up, but then you probably have to press something. You have to press a button somewhere in the hand you or something. You have uh, the, the, um, these things. The, the handles the have like lasers, basically. So you oh, like it has it. like a a straight line that you can move around, and you like type with that. It feels like laborious, basically. You know, like you're typing, like you're like pointing the thing at all the different keys. So when you're trying to put is... a password on on a Apple TV, exactly, using, exactly, yeah. using that Activating little Activating the thing, Fuck. Jesus yeah, yeah, exactly Christ. like that. Oh yeah, the old Xbox Live login. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, so that it's... I thought that was quite interesting the way you said. You know, just the, the visual part. And there was also the, in the demo, you could see there was like a translucent image. So if someone's looking at you wearing it, you're, they're kind of seeing, I don't know if it's actually your eyes or a rendering of your eyes or something like it's that. A, it's a screen, mental. It's an outward facing screen that's so like it's looking not, at your eyes and then like projecting, projecting them back out. out. Yeah, that's a little crazy. <laughs> that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, yeah pretty cool. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just seeing if there's anything else from my notes here, what we talked about. Can, yeah, that, oh, the other couple of things, connecting to a Mac I wrote here because I thought that was cool. Did you see he said like you yeah, could basically look at, look at it and it's connecting to the Mac and then you could essentially project your screen to as, as large as you want versus like right now in my office, I have that massive, massive screen just for all those Excel sheets that I'm going yeah, through yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and this would just be, you know, in the, in the demos, you see it too, like entertainment wise, you can essentially make the screen, you, you know, the whole wall be your screen. And, um, yeah. that, that's quite cool. When you've used the VR headsets in the past, I guess the biggest criticism has been the fatigue you get from it. Like just, it starts hurting your eyes and your head. Yeah. So that to me is the biggest one here is, are they doing enough to combat that? And we won't really know that until people are using it for a long time. Do, do you feel that when you've used it as well, you get like a bit of a headache? Yeah, it's more for the eyes though than the than the weight of it. I think this thing is going to be, I think there's like metal and because of the processing power of this thing, I think it's a little heavier than the other stuff is on the market too. Yeah, so it's which probably is quite gonna... interesting. And so yeah. it sounds like this, a lot of people have described it as like the, like not even the first iPhone or first whatever. It's like the zero. It's like you, it's going to come, yeah, it's going to come, on with just apple apps what they showed today with just apple apps maybe by the time it's launched they'll have some um you know apple developer apps as well which will be cool but just it's really like a new platform with a new yeah. form factor that does have incredible potential um i think they talked uh, you could see them taking a little shot or at least talking about how they're going to change work which was interesting because i think facebook has a whole you know part of their positioning has, has got stuff around working and your future of work and all that stuff. So that's interesting. But I think the one that's the lowest hanging fruit for most people is going to be entertainment and gaming, like most of these things. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for that as well. I think there's, there's a lot of I mean, really there's cool another, stuff. another positioning thing for them is like Facebook is like harvesting privacy. Data. Stuff, You're right? the product, right? Yeah. Like I think the... This thing is so invasive and so different of an experience that fact alone of a Facebook branded device that you're like strapping into your eyes. I think people have hesitation around that. And obviously they lean, Apple leaned massively into privacy, privacy. encryption. Yeah, smart. You know, we don't, 
and and we that don't track to me means like yeah that to me means like they have to make compelling products like obviously facebook is a compelling product but it's a different they can have an like eight a, out of ten and just make money from ads sort of thing yeah right exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. versus like you have to ship a product that people want to use um well that, that sustains itself yeah that sustains itself um and they obviously have like they know what people use already and it's just like this is a effort to just transition people into a different environment using the, the same stuff and obviously v2 v3 will be like new behaviors new power like the same i think they're calling it vision os right where yeah the the actual mechanisms within the operating system will inform what can be built and like the apple like they announced it at these developer conferences for a reason right because people will now be shutting themselves in a room trying to figure out what to have ready by the time this thing launches i wonder what the uh I wonder how how far in advance people get to work on that stuff because it'll have yeah, obviously I saw, um, app store. This, I forgot this guy's name. I'm going to pull it up. I saved this tweet here. Have you heard of? Is it Rewind? One second. Uh, Rewind for Apple Vision Pro. I don't know anything about this. So Rewind AI, a search engine for your life. Rewind records everything you've seen, said, or heard and makes it searchable. And that guy, I mean, he's kind of an established dude. That's the only reason I thought like he's not just some random charlatan. He had a um, Co-founder of Optimizely that went to 120 million AR. Um, yeah, so he's he's like an established founder who's got this new company. But if you just think about that, like the minority port or Terminator vibes, like Terminator, let's say back in the day, Terminator, you're walking down the street and you're capturing all this data, like, oh, there's a tree, yeah. there's a uh, a person, there's a face, blah, 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 a car. And equivalent of, you know, that idea of second brain, or could you imagine this idea of a yeah. second brain but actually this input coming in throughout your whole life, which is super scary for most people and creepy, but, um, you know, I mean, that's really what, that's really what iOS does. It's just, there's a, there's no, like there's a more input. action. There's an action between that, right? Like the, the ability to search your photos by a text input. That was crazy when, when you figured that out, right? Where you write like car in your photos and it will filter everything. That's a car. It doesn't like the that's machine true. learning yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And this one is like, you're not going to be walking down the street in this thing. Just, you're not. Like, you may be sitting on your sofa or in your yeah. office chair or whatever. I well, don't know. Maybe, like, people are trying to get ahead of the narrative. But Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, that feels like something that Apple would... And that's normally what happens, right? The developer community goes and builds all this stuff, and Apple's like, yoink, that's a good feature. We'll have that. And just yeah, yeah. Send, you to, send you to zero overnight. Well, you saw the, if people have listened to Trung's solo episode from last week, he talks about when Steve Jobs was first creating an iPhone, he, he just wanted to create a better phone that the phone didn't drop. Like he didn't even necessarily want all these apps and stuff that came later. Right, he right, thought right. that was a bad idea. He was worried about being able to control the experience and all he wanted was to make sure the phones didn't drop, which in hindsight seems ridiculous, right? Like, you know, what? And this is the best, you know, product guy of all time, arguably, right? So this is kind of crazy to think like with this form factor, what could come things we're not necessarily thinking about. Um, I do think the, the from my understanding though, that because they've leaned into this AR augmented reality thing, which is mixed reality, you're walking and you're in your room and you're seeing stuff, mm -hmm. not just in your own little universe in virtual reality. I think that is closer to, let's say a Google glass or something that came some time ago, but was right. too soon almost. And like, 
to put it bluntly from my side, I think Google doesn't have the call factor that an Apple does brand-wise. If I feel like if Apple created that Google Glass or something closer to it, maybe it would have had longer lasting, um, yeah. you know, more longevity anyway. And I think that from my understanding, that is probably the direction they'll eventually go in anyway. It's like, this is the first massive headset yeah, yeah, and yeah. over time it will get smaller and smaller that you might have glasses, you might have sunglasses or whatever like that. You and have so, a little injection going Yeah, in exactly, to yeah. the dome, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, I mean, I feel like that's, that seems more likely in terms of actually people using. I've always felt like virtual reality sounds cool, but augmented reality is really more useful in a way. Like just straight up, if you're driving down the street or you're walking down the street, you're on a bike and you need Google Maps, like that is actually a helpful experience where you're not looking down at your phone. You're just saying like, oh, turn right here instead of like having to triangulate looking down every two seconds. That was the only thing I'd say from the um demo like there were some cool use cases on there but i'd love to see way more use cases and i think the entertainment one was interesting like that you could see visually like oh you look up at this wall and just create a massive theater screen and then the the cool part about that was you could change the background to be like you're in space or something and you're watching you know star wars or whatever right that's kind of sick but i just think actually seeing like all of these things we've talked about it since episode zero it's all about real use cases and sometimes things seem really cool and then you're like well, what's left with it like when you bought that quest or whatever behind you you're like what am i going to use it for and then you use it three times and then you're like well i, d I don't really even need this mm -hmm. really so um it will be interesting to see with the advanced technology can they actually translate that into more use cases i think if anyone has a chance to do it it's obviously apple like they they make a 10 out of 10 product and they'll get the developers excited developers will create stuff um, but what about you? Do you think this is actually something long term is here to stay, or do you think it's again like still very niche for the for the moment? I think it will translate into something. That was a comment in that Marcus Brownlee video where it's like that you could see their product roadmap play out. Where it's like the SE, the affordable one, is is on the cards at a certain point. As you were talking, I was just thinking about this idea of green time this might be a, a chart for uh trying to plot out it's like that's one of their metrics right it's just like have people spend more time in the apple ecosystem and i think that's why virtual reality in general hasn't taken off it's like there are very few people that can strap like goggles to their face without any like view of what's going on around them for hours and hours and hours and it just made me think of like, you know, when you walk around New York and there are people like literally, they can almost like sense what's around them without looking up. There's people like yeah, looking at yeah, their yeah, phones, yeah. The peripheral just going vision. through the world. Yeah. And like yeah. we're almost like now evolved to be able to like navigate the environment while being almost 100% immersed in this. And that feels like a, not a change in direction, but it's just another way to like put the layer, uh, like the digital layer on top of reality, which is what this is. And this is like an amazing form factor for it. And so people far. listening, he's putting his iPhone up, right? You're right, right, right. This, this is like almost a, like you would think this is the perfect thing. Like this like little slab. Um, but they're obviously trying to push that. But like the watch I think is another example is like keeps you in the ecosystem. Even if the phone is not in front of you, it's like, connectivity is access to like even you can make calls from the phone and stuff now right it's like just 
I think it feels like a departure because the form factor is clunky at the moment where you think it feels more intrusive as well like it's yeah yeah this is not it's not just something in your pocket it's literally over your eyes the most yeah the gateway to the soul i've heard it called you know so (laughs) but yeah so it is a little bit they're um, not gonna i don't think they're gonna fail over a long period of time long period of time yeah i don't think so um it's exciting because yeah, it it's feels... one of those things we've seen for ages. Like people into technology have been like, oh, VR, AR, of course, yeah, it looks cool. The best thing that's really come out of AR, really, honestly, is like TikTok and Snapchat stuff. You know, that's really just, oh, when the, I say like... best, I mean, actually people using, like originally the most used AR thing was Snapchat putting bunny ears on your face. Do you know what I mean? Like that's... Right, and that's... Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was just going to but... say like that, that's like, uh, that's like inverted AR, really, right? It's like... yeah putting it into the screen versus like what I think the spatial computing frame is like mm. expanding your ability to interact with the interface versus like merging images that are on a, a, screen. a screen already. Yeah, like and I AR, that-, that was the definition of it. Like back in the advertising days, we're like, we're going to do an AR filter, Snapchat filter for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was campaign. like the basic stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, and I think that comes back to you mentioned um, they're calling it Vision OS, which if you just take a step back and think like that is operating system for your vision. That's kind of mental, is it? If you just think about, yeah, like if you yeah, compare that right. to what are the other OSs, like obviously Mac OS, iOS, but this is the first time you're seeing like a part of your human's, you know, perception is vision, right? It's not like hearing OS, I guess, you know, AirPods are close to that, but they're not, AirPods are really just an extension of, you know, they're just headphones, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But Vision OS is actually the first time from what I'm thinking out loud here is just actually within the human psyche. That is your looking day to day and it's in your frame. And so that very is quite sci-fi. an interesting idea. Yeah, very sci-fi. I was just going to read one tweet really quickly from Jason Freed, uh, obviously big in the tech tech world, CEO of 37 Singles, Signals, um, you know, Basecamp dude. Um, so this was quite interesting. I don't know if you saw this tweet, but Rafa, editor, you can put this on the screen so I don't have to share my screen right now. But he essentially is contrasting the two big announcements of the last six months. One is ChatGPT uh, from OpenAI and now this from Apple. He said, what an interesting moment. We're, uh, we're staring at two distinctly different visions of the future. They may coexist, but they are radically different takes on what modern... Uh, on what's modern and what's current and where things are headed. One vision gets the UI out the way, the other vision is UI everywhere you look. One vision gets the computer out the way, the other vision mounts a computer on your face. One vision is get it and go, one vision is uh, get it and stay. One vision is about information, the other is about immersion. One vision is natural and understands you, the other vision requires new methods of interaction that you have to learn and master. One vision feels like an assist. One feels like an obstruction. One vision fits with whatever you already have. One vision requires you to buy something that fits. One vision is simply text. One vision is anything but. One vision feels like before. One fi- one vision feels like after, but I'm not sure which is which. Uh, oh, I wish wow, uh, great... reading that was a little wordy with the one vision. I wish it would be like the other, but yeah, you, you uh, guys can see that, that as yourself. I was reading like Floyd Mayweather again. But um, and he did say, yeah. and I should add, both are extraordinary in their in their own ways. But I thought that was quite a cool contrast of two, you know, two, both of those can be great things, right? Like we're all using ChatGPT, or we're using 
barely.ai, obviously. And then, but no, and obviously we're seeing the magic of like, I even just on this trip, like the amount I'm using, let's say chat GPT on my phone, just is, I'm honestly using a lot more than Google for certain things, the more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it is really like, it's, it's a huge improvement, but this other thing is like, yeah, you're looking around, you're not looking down at your phone. It's a completely different uh, take on it and again they didn't um invent vr of course um but it's interesting i i, I also saw tim cook talked about um being like last mover advantage here which is you know people know mm. the term first mover advantage probably uh where someone goes first messes up a lot of the time doesn't find product market fit and you get to learn from them and this in this case they're quite late to the party right like vr has been around for a long long time Ages, hasn't hit yeah. massive scale. I mean, I guess that's um, subjective. Um, scale is, in this case, millions of people. But it's not but like a consumer electronic that you would, you know. Yeah, it's that not like you go to everyone's house and everyone's got to own own. even. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, people, like, exactly. A lot of people are like, I don't want it. Yeah. That's the right word though you just said there, right? Aspire to own. And that is mm-hmm. Apple's brand, right? Aspire to own an iPhone. Even if you're, you know, to put it bluntly, if you're on minimum wage in America, a lot of those people have still got an iPhone, right? Like, oh, you, mm-hmm. a lot of them are trying to get an iPhone and might be saving up or whatever, but that is, it's a luxury, but it's an affordable in air quotes luxury in that you're going to account for it. You're going to say, oh, it's a thousand dollars, but I need an iPhone because that is what I need as a- An essential you know, luxury right there. Essential yeah. luxury. That's the right phrase. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that, I thought that was also interesting that Tim Cook kind of even called it out himself. And I don't know if it was in an interview or what, but he basically said, yeah, I know we're not, new here we're not um early at all we're late to the party but based on that we can see all the problems which which is kind of interesting that gives me actually more confidence that they're going to make it work because they can see already all the problems and they're really masters at finding you know creative simple solutions to those big problems and honestly sometimes they're not even that good solutions but they are the best at telling people they're the best at certain things you know what i mean and you believe them when they're like oh we can you know, like I use Apple TV is not much better than a Chromecast or a Roku or whatever. Like, like I said, that password entry thing is the worst experience in the world, but yeah, yeah. I still use it because it's, it's, you know, it's Apple kind of works. It works out the box. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So the, anything else? The, yeah, go, go for it. Jack. I was just going to talk about the, um, like early and late, the, ch- the chat GPT versus vision OS idea that there's this weird myth maybe that we think that inventing technology will make us use it less in terms of like the time we spend, but that's never really been the case. So I was like, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if you mean that time spent on devices generally uh, yeah, just goes I don't know up. what the relationship is, but it's like, oh, I can get way more done with chat GPT for most people. That doesn't yeah. mean they work, you know, half a day. It means they yeah. get twice as much done in a day. That's or true. like, oh, this, you know, yeah, or like the the ability to travel faster over history is not like we travel less. We mm, yeah. you travel in the same amount of time, but we go double the distance or whatever. Some um after hat tip to uh one of the biggest uh collectors of checks, his name's Schmripto, he told me this uh this statistic, which I'm not gonna get perfectly accurate, but if you bring the price oh man i'm probably gonna get it totally wrong 
That's bring right. the price of something down, like it gets used twice as much, or there's like a, there's like this inverse correlation to what you yeah, think is like going to happen. Price demand curve or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I forget exactly what we were even talking about, but it's just the the interesting frame there is these things are supposed to, or like if they're framed as time-saving things, it doesn't necessarily correlate to less time spent. It means more Twice activity the in yeah. air quotes, right? Like more people writing Twitter threads on chat GPT. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Because everybody, that, you know, that meme has gotten crazy. I think even uh, Elon Musk was tweeting about that the other, like uh, how out of control the AI uh, thread boys have gotten on Twitter. It's, it's you're like seeing this, it all over the shop. It's yeah. like an inception loop, right? It's like if you're an if you're like making content with AI, it just you're in this massive flywheel where you just self-referential, endless content stream. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I guess the last thing to think about here is, uh, well, I guess any other thoughts on the Apple Vision stuff before we kind of wrap it up? Because I think- I'm going to get talked... one for sure. I'm looking forward to playing yeah, around yeah, with yeah. it. Like, yeah, I 100%. Think That's fun. actually a good question. Yeah, is that like, are we actually going to buy it? I, I very likely will, to be honest, because it's, I mean, we're going to have to wait a little while, it looks like, early next year. Um, but yeah, and, and actually that's the point to, to talk about. Like this, it's $3,500 price point, right? Like this is an, its own device. It's not- just connected to your iPhone, you know, like a lot of those devices are right. basically extensions of your iPhone. I'd say like a Apple Watch is close. It's maybe you know it's its own hardware, but it's the things you can do on your Apple Watch. Most of them you can do on your phone. And to complete the, the experience, you need the phone to exactly, right? exactly. You need the the phone. Whereas this, you can do it without an iPhone, right? Which is actually quite a big dif difference because that means even just technologically and technically, you need. You need the M2 chip on the device, right? Like a lot of other things, you can get away with processing stuff on the supercomputer on your right. phone and then pass right. it over through some Bluetooth or whatever. This yeah. is it's its own independent thing. It's going to just bang out the box, you know what I mean? So um, that's, that's an interesting part of it. I do think $3,500 is interesting as well because, you know, that's more than most Macs. It's obviously it's like three times the price of an iPhone pretty much. It's um, like a decent MacBook Pro, right? Like a, a reasonably high-end MacBook Pro. Yeah, yeah. It, like that's the high end because you can buy a, a MacBook Air, I think, for like twelve hundred or something, maybe even less nowadays. Um, but it's like you know, a yeah. thousand to fifteen hundred, you get an okay MacBook or like you know one that you can use, and then you're gonna soup it up like we do because obviously that's what you're gonna have to have the seventy do seventy gigabytes of RAM or whatever it is or terabyte of RAM. Just go hard. Um, so yeah, it, I, I think, guess so. yeah. Another interesting comparison is like the iPad Pro. I bought the iPad Pro mm, thinking yeah. like, oh, this is going to be sick. I'm going to use this every day. I've yeah. probably used it 10 times. Yeah. Because it's a, because of the OS is like it doesn't, you can't, do big iPhone, whole, yeah? you can't do a day's work on it, or I can at least. Mm, and I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like if you're an illustrator, like you like the output of your work is all in one app on an iPad Pro, it makes sense. Or maybe like, Maybe you can even use like Excel or type emails or whatever. But if you're doing like any heavy creative work, even the file organization on an iPad is is just like yeah, it's not it's, the same. It's impossible. It? Like there isn't a finder on it. And I always found that like I don't know for the Pro, I almost wish that they ran the Mac OS on the iPad Pro. It's just a Mac, yeah, but with a touch screen. Just or the something. form factor is 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 cleaner, yeah. So 
I don't know, maybe it's that situation, but the ability to tap into the MacBook for me feels like it might be able to like jump that gap a little more uh, elegantly than the iPad Pro did because that, like even when they announced new iPads, I'm like, who is buying iPads now? Yeah. Like, I Well, I, I was thinking that and I came here and literally my mom, my dad, my sister, uh, my brother-in-law and their kid, basically everyone's got iPad. And I was like, what? And my mum's like been no doing, laptops. Yeah, basically yeah. no. La- I was just gonna say my mum literally signed up for a writing course, which is incredible. It's like on like our world of you know like we've seen wow. David Correll and uh, our boy Dicky Bush. Those guys doing it you know hard from COVID times. And then now my mum is like, oh, I found this lady on Facebook, and she's you know it's basically like these uh, middle-aged women mostly, uh, and they're like finding a way to express themselves online, and they're in this Facebook group. And they're sharing wow. like poems and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is so cool to see that it's kind of gone on that little curve. And it's finally hit my mum. And she doesn't even have a laptop, man. She's just writing on an iPad. And that's how... The metaverse, man. She's in the I metaverse. Know. She's going to be strapped onto this for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I think the, the other Follow couple things... Follow me for more poetry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see my mum on, uh, on Twitter. Also, jokes aside, my dad is smashing it on Twitter, by the way. He's into oh, Pakistani yeah, politics. Let me get he that was telling handle. Me he's, almost, he's up to 3, 000, almost 3,000 followers, man. He's, he's going hard. Oh, man. And, he's uh, killing yeah, it. Just, he's really into the politics. He's smashing it. But yeah, um, the other thing I was going to say for the first version of this, it's only a two-hour battery life, which I thought was actually you know, understandable, but just in the demos, they're showing films, right? Like that's two hours already. You're going to be watching a film. You you can plug the battery. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, that's a fair point. So I think, I I think that the battery life is, uh, it'd be interesting to see the decisions that they made, but it's like based on what it does, it does, it's not like you're standing up, like doing fruit slashing or whatever that thing is. Yeah. So it feels like this early one, you can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And also, they, what, they're going to have to find stuff to upgrade later anyway. So this is a perfect... I mean, I'm sure this is... It makes a lot of sense. It's a crazy powerful device uh, that's heavy. But as it gets smaller and smaller, that will probably require less of battery anyway over a time. Sugar so, cube. Sugar cube powered Tesla. Exactly. There we go. Powered by the Bitcoin somehow. What, it doesn't what, even make sense. But you have to, have to get <laughs> you don't uh, even know back it's to so talk about the like vertical integration stuff because i know i read some i read some headlines about that like the chips you know they no like no dependency Mm, on intel or something yes m2 chips and this is all going on there but that again is feels like a built-in advantage that the metas of the world don't have right they're not running hardware at the scale apple is where you'd have billions of devices all of these different form factors, all of these um, just the like stored knowledge in that organization around shipping consumer hardware is fuck, it's just insane. Incredible. And their distribution is insane. Like it's nuts. It, but, you know, it, I, yeah, I, I yeah, imagine that, that thing is going to like blow people's minds. Trung would have a good anecdote about the AirPods, right? Everyone takes a piss out of it and then yeah. there's a line a thousand people outside every Apple store the it's day like it launches. It's like the Chanel Nikes or wherever they were. They had, <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. everyone's like making fun, but it's like, yo, people are queuing up for this shit. But no, um, that's a great point. Uh, well, they did say, I think they estimate they'll sell 1 million units. I think, I guess let's bet over under. I think they're going to sell more than that in the initial, because I think there's, 
I think one million is probably quite a significant amount. I don't know how many Oculuses have been. That was funny to say. Oculuses have been sold. Oculi. Oculi. Yeah. Oculi. But um, <laughs> I think a million to me, I mean, if they sell a million, I'm sure that would be uh, a massive amount. But I just feel like there's enough thread boys like us that will be already shelling out. Mate, at least a million thread boys queuing up for that. Do you know at what I least. mean? Just exactly. <laughs> They've automated their well, work from OpenAI and now they move I, on to the next. There you go. I found, uh, I don't know if this is accurate, but March 1st says Meta has sold nearly 20 million Quest headsets. Mm, I wonder what time frame, because they've been around for a while, I think, right? Yeah, but, a long, long time, I think. But still. This includes, this is from an internal presentation of Meta, Quest 1, Quest 2, and Quest Pro. I would be willing to bet that the average number of uses of those is in the single digits. Like across all of them, I just think it's, uh, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe like kids use them differently than I do, but like after a couple times wearing that thing, you're like, all right, I get it, I get it now. It's almost like the Wii, the Nintendo Wii. Yeah. I feel like that is like a gaming paradigm. It was like, oh, this is novelty. This is cool. And then it just did not have the staying power that you thought it would. We'll yeah. see. Oh, uh, the last thing I'll say on it is I do think, uh, right now because we haven't really seen too many demos of people using it um the two people i respect probably the most in this world are mkbhd who we already referenced marcus brownlee i think he does a great job and then ben thompson from a high level you know business level technology standpoint and even ben thompson said it's far better than i expected and i had high expectations marcus brownlee pretty much said something similar as well he did call out the limitations of it and stuff like that but he was kind of blown away by it as well so that's I mean, quite I don't exciting think they've ever shipped a bad product like that's, like yeah. like i can't remember that's an apple point. product where it's like oh this might be niche but it's not bad like maybe that mouse sick. the one that you have to charge upside down man. that's stupid yeah <laughs> but no but, you're right but that but they're like you just it's just a different level of finish polish the standard yeah. is just way different and I don't know, there's this, the ecosystem itself almost has this, there's a bar set there. I think the relationship between hardware and software is also like, if you're not deeply into this stuff, you maybe don't think about that very significantly, but it's like, why is the iPhone successful? It's not just because it's a beautiful piece of hardware, it's because the, the OS is like doing anything else after using an Apple product is maddening. Like trying to go to a Android phone or a Windows computer for me anyway is like, how is people? Oh, how yeah. is this even doable? And I know that's like muscle memory on my part. Yeah, yeah, but, completely. Yeah, but they are incredible. Like ecosystems of hardware and software working together, um, and I think that like Trung has really good. Uh, takes on this stuff in general so we'll have to come back and do a, yeah, another um, well and it's so new because for people listening i mean we're recording on our normal time tuesday late tuesday and it comes out in the morning so like every day is more stuff that will come out by this so by right. next week when trunks hopefully back we'll we'll get his take there'll be a full analysis from him i'm sure um well the, the other thing i mentioned the one million units so from what i can see that would be around you know three billion in revenue um, which again, for most companies is an incredible amount of money for them. That's 1% of their sales. So that's to put it in perspective. 
that's where they're, I think that's actually smart of them too, because they're, they're kind of keeping expectations low in a way of like how much is actually going to get sold. If you said the Quest has sold 20 million, if, if they even sold 1.1 million, that's like a massive win for them. You know what I mean? So I think I have a feeling it'll be way more than that, but maybe I guess it's dependent on the time frame we're looking at here. Um, but I will say the last thing for me is really about American innovation. Having been in Europe, you know, as much as I love Europe and I think there's so many incredible things here uh, about life and the way people live and the balance they strive for here. If you just look at objectively the things we're using that are new, which is obviously what we're interested in, like they just keep doing it, man. You know what I mean? There's American capitalism just bringing it for all the flaws ship. of American clap, uh, capitalism too. But man, like ChatGPT in the last six months been incredible, right? That is a huge paradigm shift. This from Apple, iPhones, obviously, you know, Google, Facebook, Instagram, all the things that have come, but you just forget. We've got so used to it. Like like today, my sister got an Uber basically for the first time in her life, which is crazy. She's not even that old. And she just, you know, she has a car. She never really needs an Uber. And she's like, oh, this is so good. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to 2012. Like, what are we talking about here? But but it's just like you forget because we're so used to using these products. That's crazy. Like how much has happened. And to me, that's the exciting thing. And if you, as you know, as this is a not investment advice podcast, even if you just look at the S&P 500, man, like what is driving the growth still, even in a down market, even where growth stocks have been heavily discounted, uh, you know, and all that sort of stuff this is what's going to get the make the economy grow like if every country in the west is basically in debt and in this massive deficit which we've talked about on the show like the only stuff that really gets us out of those problems is increasing productivity and increasing you know um you know creating things that take take us forward and this is a great example of that so it's quite exciting exciting times man you know what's funny when i was what i was like watching the presentation on mute yesterday i was doing something just had it in the background and even the like little examples they use at different points in time is like my instacart delivery my yeah. uber is here my like it's like stuff that if you you know 50 years ago you'd be like that is meant like that is a future that i cannot even imagine what exactly like, yeah oh i Somebody's made this comparison way more eloquently than me, but it's like technology, the private driver, for example, was something that you only had access to if you were born An into emperor, a certain bloodline. Yeah, like there's yeah. a couple dozen people in the entire country you live in that have access to that level of technology or that, you know, that quality of life. And weirdly, like, yeah, the stuff we look at and think of as like, you know, not that significant is crazy. No, we got sometimes used to, even yeah. in your, every day is crazy. It's like the ability to, yeah, just like summon a vehicle to take you wherever you want to go is well, honestly just searching the world's information, man. Like beyond Google, like even ChatGPT, like the stuff. Like my my little nephew's here, who's into science, mad, which is amazing, and uh, the amount of stuff we're literally talking about stuff, and he's like oh, those are the red platelets and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, you're six. Like, what, what is going on here? And he's just been on the YouTube Kids rabbit hole. And the amount of stuff wow. he's just absorbing is incredible, right? And it's just really cool to see because if you think what we were taking in at that age, as much as we got, you know, we were early on the internet, we were taking in probably a lot more than an average kid. But at six, I was watching Rugrats. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. not watching, um, <laughs> like he, he was talking about Mr. Beast actually. And he was talking about 
oh, I want to help the environment. And he's talking about like, uh, which, is, you know, that's his own thing. But he's talking about Mr. Beast helped uh, cure people's hearing and he gave away this to someone. It's like just, again, you can think whatever you want about Mr. Beast, right? But the fact that he's getting examples like that and my example a few right, years later right, was right. Rick Ross selling, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm semi-joking. But that is a crit. I mean, he's going to get plenty of that in time as well. But it's just, it's incredible exposure. And I think we, you know, obviously lose track of that sometimes because there's a lot of negative stuff as well on the internet. Um, and so that is kind of crazy. You forget, like, someone like him who's got YouTube kids where it's filtered information, where it's generally educational stuff. And that Minecraft, he's just watching people play Minecraft on there for yeah. hours. It's crazy. It's just, it's, it's incredible, man. Oh, we're yeah, like, you, like you know, the, 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 like people say like you're a dinosaur, you know, like you're the, the consumption, you're basically your consumption of media is shapes your worldview, right? Like even my house growing up, there's five TV channels. Five. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, BBC you go to one, school, two, ITV, yeah, we watched four, this last five. night. We, yeah, we uh, recorded this. We're going to watch that tomorrow. Yeah, it's just the same thing. And Do it's you remember like, it was four channels at first and then channel five came around. When man, we were, I remember that, yeah. And yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. wow, we got a whole other channel. Is that <laughs> mad? We, th we thought and we now were crazy. It's, yeah. Now it's just infinite, you know, completely custom, tailored. And I think that you can basically argue both sides of that, right? It's completely tailored to your curiosity. You'll never be bored again. I think... Uh, I read that somewhere recently as like, can't remember the last time I was bored. You know, when you grew like when I was growing up, like yeah, there were legitimate times like, I'm so bored right now. Like, yeah, what yeah. am I gonna <laughs> what do? What am I gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just start kicking. A, you find a rock and just start trying to kick it against the wall, like like it's a yeah, football yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which that still, feeling just know, doesn't a, exist. Yeah, that feel, anymore. well, that that is an interesting thing as well, though, on a negative side of you know, our level of our baseline of what it takes to be entertained has gone up so much. And me being yeah, massive, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm not say, looking at other people, like I'm saying myself, right? Like TikTok brain hyperdrive. And I'm, I'm even seeing like my dad, like as he's rediscovered social media through Twitter, basically in 2023 or 2022, really. And I, you know, we're so used to like putting our phone on do not disturb and, you know, putting it away and, like, trying to limit our use, right? Because we yeah. know how much it can mess with our brain. But he's just there, like, taking it in because it's dopamine, dopamine. And yeah, he probably's yeah, not yeah. aware as much because he's, for 3, him, it's interesting. followers, man. Now hit, yeah, yeah, that's what happens, you know what I mean? I get, yeah, 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 yeah. He would start going ham. He's on so, the trunk uh, train now. He's <laughs> on the trunk. Yeah, seriously, though. Um, but it is, it is kind of interesting to see, like, you know, I always reference the adoption curve of, like, innovators early adopters early majority late majority laggards and just you see that in some i just see that playing out in my life with like i said with my mom with a writing course my dad like going ham on that's Twitter, crazy like, yeah that's you know, like, it is kind of cool to see that that's one of the few things i learned at university that that actually i see in real life all the time and was you worth get back there next summer and they're all going to be in headsets man yeah yeah exactly sitting on the sofa <laughs> Anyway, man, I feel we can probably call it here. Unless you had anything else, anything else to add on that? That was, that was good. Good, was good. good catch up. We'll um, get Trung's thoughts. The lowdown. I think by next week we'll have a lot more um, lowdown on the Apple announcements. Plus, there'll be a lot more analysis of it by then. We can read Ben Thompson's take and regurgitate it to you guys. So that'll be uh, yeah. We'll just watch YouTube videos and then give you a poor translation of them. Yeah, 45 exactly. Minutes. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> you mean we'll take 20 minutes of MKBHD and turn it into a 45-minute podcast right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And only, only mentioned about 10% of what you said, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Anyway, well, hope you guys enjoyed that. Thanks again. Good to have uh, us two back at least, and hopefully next week we'll get all three of us back, fingers crossed. Um, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you guys then. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye, boys. Bye.